Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Hollywood Podcast, covering the latest in film, TV, streaming, and social media. I'm your host, Max Geshwind. Stay tuned for today's episode. I'm so excited to be chatting with newly minted, Oscar-nominated hairstylist Camille Friend, who was just nominated for her work in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. She's worked on so many films that we've come to cherish and enjoy through the years, including Dreamgirls, The Pursuit of Happiness, The Secret Life of Bees, The Help, The Hunger Games Mockingjay films. And then she started to make her way into the MCU with films such as Captain America Winter Soldier and Civil War, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and Black Panther Um the first one, as well as Captain Marvel. And she's also worked with some of the most iconic and celebrated auteur filmmakers, such as Quentin Tarantino with Django Unchained and The Hateful Eight, Catherine Bigelow on Detroit, and Christopher Nolan on Tenet. Now, Camille, given this incredible portfolio of work over your career, I think it makes a lot of people um, interested in knowing how it's taken so long for you to receive your first Oscar nomination. I have to ask you about that day. Um, how did you find out? I know you've been shortlisted before, but to finally get that nomination must have felt so long overdue, given your incredible work. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I mean, I'll say this, Max. I, this is probably, this is my third time. And, you know, the, the last two times, you know, you get up in the morning and you watch TV, and then you don't get nominated, and you go to bed and cry. But this time, <laughs> I woke up and got ready and, you know, watched TV, and they said my name, and I was elated. It's been a beautiful ride. It's been so much fun. It's everything that I've dreamed of for a long time. So it's a really exciting moment for me. Yeah. Now, I want to get into a couple specific aspects of your work in this film that you hadn't confronted before on the first Black Panther, one of which was um, designing hair specifically for underwater. And I think I've read before that this was a challenge that you hadn't yet tackled before in your work in designing hair that were completely underwater. Um, I want. I know that there's a story behind you sort of revolutionizing this new glue hairspray or um, this <laughs> sort of glue that um, has never been done before that you sort of invented <sighs> on your own. So can you just share how you troubleshooted leading up to the success of finding just the right um, sort of glue that would look good on camera in the water? Well, I'll tell you, it's it's kind of funny, actually. I was with the person who originally, so many, many years ago, I was working with a friend of mine. His name is Jake Garber, and he is Sam Jackson's makeup artist. And we always like to play around in the trailer and show each other different tricks. So many, many years ago, he had said, you know, I just take a little spirit gum and I take some a lot of alcohol and I thin it out and I sometimes put it on mustaches just to hold them in place because it doesn't flake and it doesn't move. So slash cut to the first day that we had a camera test on Black Panther, the telekineal get in the water and we had all this product in the hair and it left a big cloud in the water. And Jeffrey Bauman, which is our visual effects director, he looks over at me and I look at him and I'm like, okay, we're gonna fix it. And Nate Moore, our executive producer was like, Camille, so what are we gonna do about this? I was mm -hmm. like, don't worry, we're gonna have come up with a solution. So we tried many of things before we got really to that and i was like oh my god jake told me many years ago about the spirit gum tr trick and the alcohol so 
you know, we went in the what I call the lab, which is called the trailer, and we just started working out the formulas, you know, would it be 50-50, would it be 50, you know, you know, 50-25, and we finally got the right combination of alcohol to glue, and we tested it, and then we were off to the races. We sprayed all the wigs and all the hair pieces, and they stayed really, really nicely, and, you know, and then we went into two, and we went and re reinforced them with threads and and rubber bands and things like that. And the hair stayed up in the water and looked beautiful. And that's what you see in the final product of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, something else that you confronted in this film that you hadn't before in the first was, you know, while in the first film you um, focused a lot on African hairstyles specific to that culture and the groundbreaking nature surrounding that um, hair, in this film, you're highlighting Namor and the Tolokan people inspired by Mesoamerican societies that, you know, audiences don't typically see on the big screen. Can you talk about your collaboration with, I believe it was a, a professor or scholars that worked in this space that really helped you in creating these authentic hairstyles and ultimately how you were able to fit that into the Marvel aesthetic overall? You know, the great part about this, and I'll just say, like, last night um, at the NAACP Awards, Tanosh won for Best Actor. So, you know, that's, like, one of the greatest things, you know. This is what one of the things that this movie has spawned. And, you know, speaking to, you know, just as much care as we took in the first one for the Black culture, the second one we took just the same amount of care going into the Mayan culture and wanting to represent, you know, the Latin culture. So going into that, we worked with the professor of um, Mayan studies, which his name is Dr. Aldana. And Dr. Aldana was instrumental in helping us, you know, telling us what styles are for this and for that. Like, you know, what styles would work on, would be on a married woman versus which styles would be on a single woman or a, or a warrior. So <clears throat> he was very, very instrumental in us building these pieces over, over time. Mm -hmm. Since the film's come out, have you received any responses similar to the responses you received after the first film? Have you received any feedback after the release of this film from Mayan or indigenous communities that have been particularly heartfelt in you staying true to um, the look of this culture? I definitely have. I definitely have. It's actually been really fabulous. Actually, I actually had lunch recently with a young lady who was Latin and she is studying Latin culture in school. And she and I intentionally met her and it was we had a really nice lunch and we just got to talk everything out. And she was like, she just cried. She was like, it's so awesome that actually you guys took the time to research and, you know, really show people in about the Mayan culture and her and, and that's where her, her family was from. So it was really great to like meet her and the responses like people have hit me up on Instagram telling me how wonderful and how happy they are that, you know, we represented Latin culture and Mayan culture in the correct way. And, you know, it's always about cultural appropriation and I always want to do the right thing in doing so. Absolutely. Um, I want to segue into your working relationship with Ryan Coogler, the director. Um, how it, I want to know how it may have been different working with him this go around as opposed to the first. I'd imagine it must have been easier, or at least there was a special shorthand that you and him had that given that history with him before on the first film? 
you know, I, I sometimes I have to tell you, I feel sometimes I feel sorry for Brian because it's so many of us girls and we can gang up on him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes we like all surround him. He's like, whoa, what's all this? Who is this? What's going on, ladies? <laughs> you know, he's <laughs> but you know, I mean, I have a great relationship with him and it is some of it is shorthand. And you know, the one thing that's wonderful about Ryan Coogler is you know, he's a director, like, during the day, he might really be busy, and you can text him something. But, I mean, if it's 2 o'clock at night, Ryan will text you, or if you need to talk to him, like, you can text him and say, hey, call me later, I don't care what time. And he will call you, and you can discuss things with him. You don't get that kind of commitment with most people. So he's totally inclusive, and he allows us to do the best that we like to do in our departments. But, you know, still, we all... all of the departments, you know, hair, makeup, you know, and costumes, we're still all like, I call it the golden triad. We work with each other, we feed off of each other, and you know, everything we have to work together and to collaborate our looks. Mm -hmm. I want to touch on a couple looks specifically that really leave a impact on audiences walking away. And that's, of course, the beautiful gray dreadlocks of Angela Bassett and what she wears in the film. Can you share what both the creative, but also the um, authentic cultural inspiration was behind Angela's look because it's just so starkly in contrast with the first film. Uh, well, in the first film, really the inspiration, believe it or not, was, was actually Ryan Coogler's mother. We were talking oh. about, you know, how would, how would she look? How would she look? How would this royal look? And Ryan Coogler's mother has really long locks that are absolutely beautiful. And she's another beautiful black queen so i was like how about if we gave her like beautiful locks but we actually make them you know in platinum and silver and blonde tones and so when and i presented it to angela and she was like let's try it because you know when you're doing research like i love to do research on actors and, and see what other looks they've been and angela is a person she's had so many other looks you know i was like i want to give her something that you never see her like in any other movie and then transcending, you know, transcending her into Wakanda forever. It was the the concept behind it is Ryan Ryan set it up this way: is that her and Shuri would have been in mourning. So in West African culture, people are in mourning, and so it's almost like sitting Shiva. So you would have. So we would take up their hair story would be after after the year after they had shaved their heads. What would their hairstyle look like? So that's how we landed on that part of it. So that's where we, and that's where we ended up with the shorter hair. And also I mimicked the look of the crown that the crowns that um, Ruth Carter does so beautifully, the hats. I was like, let me mimic, mimic the look of that in the shape of the hair. Right. I was just about to add that collaborating with Ruth must have been paramount in you delivering these amazing hairstyles because you had to know what her headpieces looked like in order to figure out how the hair would it, fit into that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So that's that's exactly how we work together on, you know, all the hair pieces, everything from, you know, um, to Ramonda's look, even into the um, Talakinil hair pieces that Marvell and Alex wore. So, yeah. Um, I want to segue into Shuri, Letitia Wright's character, who really comes into her own in this film. Obviously, she ultimately becomes, you know, the Black Panther. But in the first film, she was mainly the source of comic relief, delivering jokes and seen as the little sister, by and large. Yes. Can you share how yeah. the hair helped in presenting that progression and evolution into 
what she ultimately becomes in this film. Well, especially in Wakanda Forever, you know, Shuri's character really has evolved. You see her as a a young woman who is struggling, struggling with her brother's death, struggling with being a leader of a country. So you see a really a young woman in transition. So we really wanted to, again, change her just like we kind of changed um, Angela in the sense of it's been, you know, a year after they've been in mourning. And so we went ahead and kept the shape of her hair the same where we shaved the back and the sides. But then we did like a two strand twist on the top of her, the top of her hair on her 4C texture to create the look. Yeah. Um, I, I want to touch on sort of your work in hair and how it, um, how it collaborates with the visual effects or digital effects department. Um, as the hair department head, do you see those aspects of, you know, which is much of what the Marvel films are? Do you see digital and visual effects as hindering your work, um, accentuating your work? Um, how, what's that um, sort of uh, partnership like between you and those departments? It's definitely a collaboration. Yeah. It's a great collaboration between the two of us. Yes. I'm going to pick right here. So um, it's a great collaboration between the two of us. And I think it's a relationship that is needed. And the bottom line is when I first, when I first went to Marvel, I went to visual effects school. So um, Victoria Alonso was kind enough to allow me to go to visual effects school and learn just some basic things about visual effects. And the beautiful thing is it really gave me a great foundation. And also the things that we cannot, I'm just going to say this, the camera has surpassed what we do as hair and makeup. So we have to constantly be updating, coming up with new things. And the other thing is visual effects is we take it as far as we can take it, then they pick it up. And then sometime we pick it up in the middle and then they finish it. So it really is a beautiful dance between both of us to get us to the looks that are, are required now in movie making. Mm-hmm. Now, um, for my last question on Wakanda Forever, I have to ask because this film came out just two years after Chadwick's passing. So I'd have to think that you were well underway in prep on the sequel, thinking that he would return as the Black Panther. Can you share how difficult that was in the aftermath of his passing, both grieving his loss, but also um, did you, was there a starting over point? Did you have to start from scratch or was that something you even needed to do? Well, technically I'll tell you, we were supposed to start the movie like two years before. So, you know, we thought we were were gonna be starting the movie much sooner. So it looked like a whole different movie. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it was actually, it was more like starting over. And for me, I'm just gonna be really honest. Like us, when we first got started, it was really, really difficult because, you know, we didn't, nobody really got any closure about Chadwick's death. And it was something that weighed really, really heavy on my heart. And I remember like the first couple of weeks coming to work and just Sundays in the afternoon, just be crying because it was really a struggle and it was hard. So the thing that happened from there is I think what was really important, Ryan Coogler, he took all of us to Chadwick's grave site. And I think that was one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had. It was a spiritual, it was a, you know, it was something we did as a family, as the Black Panther family, we were all together and we got a chance to, the drummers were there. 
and Chadwick's family was there. So it was really therapeutic that day for us to go and have some closure and, you know, be able to like say everything that we wanted to say to him. So I think that was really important. Absolutely. Um, well, congratulations on your Oscar nomination, your first Oscar nomination, which is just, like I said at the top, incredibly hard to believe. Um, I, I do want to ask just to close out about a couple upcoming projects that you're working on. The first, of oh. course, is <laughs> something incredibly anticipated coming out in May, um, just a few months away, The Little Mermaid, where you worked on Halle Bailey's hair as Ariel. Um, I notice I could be wrong because we've seen so few, you know, clips and photos and things like that. But from what we've seen, it it looks like there's also a braid situation there, much like Raymonda and Wakanda Forever. So could you share how you maybe revolutionized Ariel in this new reimagining of The Little Mermaid? Well, Max, I can't say yet. <laughs> I can't say yet, but I'm going to say this. I'm very proud of that film. I think, again, it's another great showcase with another beautiful actress on how beautiful Black hair is. But when I when we get there, I'll I'll let you know so then we can talk about it. Absolutely. And, it, and it's a couple musicals that we have to expect from you um, over the next couple of years because it's both Little Mermaid. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you're um, working on Wicked as well. Is that correct? Yes, I did. I, I did. I helped design some of the looks for Wicked. So, I mean, two very exciting projects coming. And, you know, first we have Little Mermaid, then we have Wicked. And I think Wicked is another project that people are going to be blown away. It's the whole reimagining of Wicked in, in just such a beautiful, spectacular um, spectacle type of way. So I think it's going to be absolutely fabulous. Yes two or technically three since wicked is going to be released in two parts but that's, three that's two that's two <laughs> yeah something that i'm an, another thing that you haven't confronted before working on a film in two parts but um yes two amazing musicals that already have those built-in fan bases that i know that audiences around the world are anticipating seeing your work as well as those of your colleagues and um when the time comes i can't wait to chat with you about both of those but camille congratulations yes camille um congratulations again on your thank Oscar you nomination. So, thank you so, so much. I, I so appreciate it. And it's, I'm actually having a, so much fun and it's a great time in my life. I feel blessed. I feel humbled. And, you know, I just love what I do. I love hairdressing. Absolutely. Best of luck, March 12th in a few weeks. All right. Thank, thank you so much. Cross your fingers. Thank yes. you so much, Max. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please take a moment to subscribe to The Hollywood Podcast for free on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Until next time, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Max Geshwind. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.